honestly, I look at Iowa kind of like I did uh, Kansas State, where oh, you're cute. This is why I think Michigan is a fake fucking football team this year. Big Red Jones. What I think will happen is it's going to be a four to five point game. I hate Iowa. I hate Texas. Nebraska wins, bitch. <laughs> now watch, Smart Tour is going to burn one for ninety. We beat the absolute shit out of you. Oh shit! <laughs> I talked him into it. Look at that, baited and switched. Let's go. Well, it's bye week. We don't have a loss to bitch about. Yeah, good joke. <laughs> Didn't hear that all fucking weekend. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, the bye week is favored by seven and a half. I don't, know how, I don't know how many, many freaking uh, blood pressure jokes I heard about yeah. this week. Oh, I finally have a Saturday where I don't have to worry about what's going to happen. But, okay, cool. I'd rather, think, have, it, I'd rather were, have a game. I don't yeah, care. I'd rather think they have were game. hoping for the off season already. Jesus. You get 12 of these every year and you guys want... Bye weeks. Fuck no you. No shit. No shit. Well, man, we decided we wanted to do a bye week episode because we wanted to kind of get a little bit of fan input, get some things rolling in here from the from the fans. We asked two simple questions of a bunch of people that we know are active listeners on the show. Um, I think the first question we asked officially was, uh, what's the current state of the program? And the second question was a simple, what can we do to fix it? This one's from our boy Trent Marr. Hey boys, thanks for having me. This is Trent, otherwise known as the Dirty Dutch, the Angry Dutch, and I'm fucking pissed today. And let me tell you why, okay? I'm just gonna tell you why. You think somebody as old as me would know better, but no, okay? Last night I made chili, good chili, really good chili, all fresh, homemade, good stuff. Liked it so much I had me another bowl. Like that as well, I probably had another half bowl as I was trying to scoop it up into Tupperware when I was putting it away. So let's go with a hefty, hefty two and a half bowls, all right? Good man. Go to bed fat, happy, all right? Good night. I wake up this morning. I'm getting ready for work. I am coming to you recorded live, well, almost live from beautiful downtown Omaha. But anyways, wake up this morning, fuck. No clean underwear. I forgot to do laundry last night. And you'd think somebody as old as me would know, you're gonna eat chili, you better have a few pair of underwear, okay? Well, you gotta bring a pair that you're wearing and a couple pair. But anyways, that's neither here nor there, but that's got me charged up. Anyways, a couple of things, guys. Absolutely fantastic job this year. I'm, I'm honestly blown away. You guys are great, keep doing it, and hopefully it'll continue to grow for you because you deserve it. Um, the other thing, I'm going to lay down some ground rules here before I get into the, the, the meat. This is my dime. I called in, so I'm going to get my dime worth, all right? You cannot post shit like that that you did the other day of Scott Frost. I'm at work. You can't do that during the weekday. No, absolutely not. No Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, okay? Because you about got me fired, and I'm dead serious, okay? So I got this guy barking at me, puts me on hold. Me and this other guy, we're Husker fans, we're bitching, he's always pissed off about something, I am too, all right? So 
you guys, you know, it was on hold. I pull up Facebook, and what do I see? That fucking meme that you guys did a frost. I piss in my pants. I go, hey, Dave, look at this. I said, look at this fucking guy. What the hell are we going to do with him? Uh, live Mike, the guy had already had me off hold. I got myself in so much trouble, it's not even funny. So let's go ahead. Weekends, anytime. Monday through Friday. No, you seriously about got me fired. All right, I'm still making up for this shit. All right. Two questions. What do we do? Okay, or what is the state of the program? Well, it is what it is. We suck. Here we are. We're literally talking about a realistic shot of a three-win Nebraska team. A three-win Nebraska team. That's all that needs to be said. Those are the facts, okay? And there's probably more detail in the next question. But that's the facts. We suck. We absolutely suck, okay? And there's no two bits about it. Banged up? I don't care. Everybody's banged up. You're in your eighth week. Everybody's banged up at this point. I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want excuses. Excuses are 90% right. They're 0% zero, zero of the time. Are they acceptable? You can't fall on, uh, you know, banged up Martinez, okay? And speaking of Martinez, he does not have that extra, he does not have that special talent, as talented as he is, to close the games out, the clutch games, okay? Martinez is like the, the beautiful stripper who goes out on stage, okay? Absolutely beautiful. Goes out on stage, bright lights, you're right there. People are throwing money at you. You're getting ready to take your first $50 bill. Benjamins, hundreds. People are going on and on over. And what do you do? You look at them. You just look at them. You fuck it up and you turn around and walk off stage. Well, I gotta do better next time. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. Think about it. Anyways, that's where we're at. That's the, the whole program's like that. The defense, great job. I love what I see with the defense. So the special teams, don't even get me started on that. We all know that. You guys are the stat guys. You, you know, I'm not here for the stats, okay? The facts speak for themselves, and it's W's and loss, you know, wins and losses, and we have three wins. We're not going to a fucking bowl game again, and we may not get even get to four wins. That's not acceptable to me, and it's not acceptable to Husker fans, nor should it. As much money as we spend, as much money as that program has, it just simply is not tolerable anymore. So what do we do to fix it? Okay. Are we just going to say, well, you know, we're so close and all that? Bullshit. No. It ends now. Fire people. Fire them. You've had years. Years. Not weeks, months. You have had years. Get rid of the assistant coaches who are not performing. Now. Who really cares about recruits? We're 82nd in the nation or whatever it is. We just lost another big-time recruit this week. So do it. Do something, okay? If you want something done, do something and do it now, okay? As far as Frost goes, I love the guy. He's a hometown guy. I want to root for him. I want this guy to succeed so well. But at this point, he can't go more than four or five games next year. If he doesn't start winning some big games, that's it. We've seen it happen at, at big-time schools, okay? We've seen it happen at Michigan. We've seen it happen at Ohio State. What do they want? They want the big-time wins. We are not producing. And until we win a big game or a series of big games, we will not win the games we're supposed to because they don't have the confidence. That comes from the top. That comes 
from Scott Frost. He had his whole platform, okay, at UCF. He had no guidance, and he did a great job there. But he wasn't facing Big Ten teams every single week. Let's face it, he wasn't. His record would not have been the same. He did a great job. I have no doubt that he can do a great job here, but this isn't Central Florida either, okay? You, it's a whole different, you know, you got a whole different DM if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, fellas, all right? So that's about it, okay? I think Trev is not going to put up for this for much longer, nor should he. I hate, don't want to see the guy go. I'm not worried about money for the people who are worried about money. This university always has and always will come up with money when we need it. Spend the money, bring in the people, bring in the right assistance, and for God's sakes, can we kick a fucking ball more than five yards? Jesus Christ. Anyways, I'm pissed off again now. I got to go to work. I love you, fellas. Keep up the great work. This is the Dutch boy. I'm out of here. Wow. <laughs> Trent, that was a hell of a take, my man. Uh, I I feel bad for um, the girlfriend, the wife, whatever, whoever may be at home that had to deal with your chili ass that next day. <laughs> Um, or both, maybe both. <laughs> or the coworkers that apparently had to sit next to you. I don't know, man. But uh, no, it that uh, that meme was actually not something we created. It was just something we shared. Well, no, it was a fan that put that up on our. I, I posted. it Oh, in you the did? Group. Okay, I did. Yeah, I had it in the group. Okay. And somebody else had sent it. I think I just saw it regular on Facebook. Oh, okay. And I posted it in the Big Red Junkies Nation. I thought it said there was some under somebody else's name, but no, man, it was. Uh, it was hilarious for yeah. sure because it's the copy of the tagline from that other video. Yeah, that there is no Minnesota. hope. Fuck everything. Go big red. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, uh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> didn't mean to get you in trouble there. Uh, hopefully, you didn't have to do too much to make up for that. He didn't say anything. We haven't been saying no. Uh, he made a, he made the point about you know get rid of the coaches, fire mm -hmm. the people that need to be fired, and and who cares about the money? I agree with that completely because well, let's be honest, the university does more. Dumb shit with money than try and get well, they got the money programs involved. Uh, money's not the issue. I know everybody wants to say money this and but uh, you know I know we're not necessarily going this route. But the whole everybody's talking about a twenty million dollar buyout for Frost. Who cares? They got Wasn't the money. Wasn't buyout for Bo bigger? Wasn't it like twenty eight? I don't remember exactly what it was. Either way, it, it doesn't. It, I don't think the that money matters. is irrelevant be because because they make more money with a successful program. Absolutely. So it right does now, not we can't matter. Even get the fucking butts in the seats. Stop talking about what the buyout is. It does not matter. Yeah. Plus, the majority of people that are talking about the buyout doesn't come out of your pocket. No. So don't worry about it. Now, those are big donors that are getting that money. Yes. And it's not tax dollars because the athletic department is not part. Uh, it's not funded by the university, which is funded by tax dollars. The athletic department is their own entity that makes their own money, that spends their own money. Stop talking about buyouts. Which is also why they're a little bit more like a business. They are and, a business. Well, that's what I mean. Not just a little bit. Well, <laughs> you know what I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to get at though that they run more like a corporation. It's all. It's their own it's business. Not going. It's not going to be something where. We're just going to clean house top to bottom. We're going to start with the little guys, mm -hmm. and that makes sense too. Uh, I I I can't agree more with what he was saying about you know assistants need to go. Yeah. We've already made that comment on our last show. Um, let's hear from uh, our guy Chris Wicks. Hey guys, thanks for the invite into the group. I just have to go ahead and record something here for you guys and let you know that. 
to answer your questions, first off, the first question that you are asking is, what do I feel is the current state of the program, right? Or what's my option of the current state of the program? Well, this isn't a popular opinion, but I don't see much difference or improvement at this point right now from what we had when Frost took over. The defense is slightly better, but it's as horrid as it was when Fro- as as horrid as it was when Frost arrived. This could just be returning closer to a statistical norm. But the offense still sucks ass. And the problems on offense start with the offensive line. They've recruited poorly, and pillow soft Greg Austin couldn't teach a rock to sit still. I've been bothered by the body type that Frost has recruited for offensive linemen. Very tall and athletic. Here's why I see it as a problem. Basically, it's leverage. You don't get as much leverage when you're taller and athletic. Now, the taller the guy, the more difficult it is to gain leverage in a power rushing attack. Now, where the tall athletic lineman should excel is in a zone blocking scheme or any outside running scheme based on lots of offensive linemen pulling. But I don't think we do that very often, so we're not utilizing them for their skill sets, even if we did have that. And then there's also that Frost is just trying to put square pegs into round holes and expecting them to fit like a glove, and that's not working. Then there's the penalties. How many false starts are the linemen going to rack up? Have they even learned the concept of a snap count? I keep seeing fans say or write that the team is bigger, faster, stronger, yet I don't see it on the field. And Frost's staff has had four off seasons, starting with the one where he was hired to coach these guys up, and it just hasn't happened. The next problem is studs like Betts and Manning sitting on the bench while the Fox and lures of the team keep starting and dominating the snaps ahead of them. That makes no sense. I won't be surprised if both Betts and Manning enter the transfer portal just like Wondell Robinson did. So it's not only Frost can't recruit, but he's having real, real problems keeping players at Nebraska. This is another area. Frost is following in the Pelini footsteps when Bo infamously said, you don't need 300-pound tackles to stop the run. This is more of the defense. The defense is slightly better, but it still inexplicably has issues with the fundamentals, such as, you know, tackling, discipline, consistently getting pressure, etc. And then there's special teams. What can be said about special teams that we haven't already said? Frost can't get one damn kicker. Coverage sucks. Punting sucks. It's been a black hole for years. So now on to the second question, which is what, what, what can we do to fix it? Well, as I said before, Frost has had four years now, and the program isn't in much better shape than, it w- than when he arrived. And the losing has started really hammering our recruiting. After losing a handful of good prospects last year, who would have been this year's freshman class, Nebraska lost two commits in the last week, an offensive tackle and a defensive lineman, both out of state, who either see the program spinning or think Frost is going to get fired. The big problem with firing Frost right now is his astronomical $20 million buyout. Now, even if we could fire him with cause, which you can argue that whole incident that, rec- that they, when they self-reported the NCAA could maybe give cause, but if we can't fire him with her cause, then I don't see the university being able to eat at another $20 million, plus however much for the rest of the staff and hire another coaching staff. Not so fun fact, and I had to look this up. Nebraska has paid out a total of $27,914,154 in buyout money over the past 15 years, the number one in all of NCAA. Now, this does include basketball and baseball, 
coaches, but by far the lion's share of the money is from football. Then realize that if they can't fire Frost and company for cause, then they'll almost double that amount in one shot. I don't think that that's a realistic expectation. So if Frost cannot be fired, then Alberts has to lay down the law as follows. Frost knows his ass is on the hottest seat. He needs to make multiple changes to his staff. Verduzzo is a bag of crap. Austin is a failure. Mike Dawson is responsible for special teams, need I say more. And Frost gives over all the play calling duties to Lubbock, or Lubbock is out. Lubbock also coaches the receivers. Ryan Held, the running backs and recruiting coordinator, should also be fired. I get Scott was loyal to his guys, despite being given an open checkbook to hire whomever he wanted for assistance and brought over his entire Central Florida staff, but these guys are just not up to the job. And Matt Davison should be immediately fired as assistant AD, having the guy who is supposedly Frost's boss covering for him every game on the radio is bullshit. If he wants to be a cheerleader, Davidson can go out for the spirit squad. Frost needs to also hit the transfer portal now and rebuild the roster. These plans need to be in action and on Albert's desk before the Iowa game. If they aren't, you fire him for cause for subordination. Frost and Schindler have to agree to go on multiple learning trips, similar to the one that Osborne went on to Florida State, where he learned to uh, the defensive scheme that gave you rise to the black shirts of the last championship era. If not that, he's also got to possibly get maybe a mentor, the hiring a mentor for Frost, like maybe Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops won't take the job, but maybe he'd mentor the program for some money. Um, that's another possibility because um, he has a lot of street cred on building a program. Now that the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC are in the or in this hokey alliance, you can use it to our advantage. Talk to Debo Sweeney, Brian Kelly of Notre Dame, Marion Cristobal of the Oregon. Should even go talk to Urban Meyer and Jim Trestle. It, 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 it can work. Just get some mentoring. And then finally, Frost needs to just thank Adrian for his time at Nebraska and tell him in private he cannot exercise his super senior option next season. Frost has hitched his wagon to Martinez to the point where Nebraska cannot keep a backup QB capable of, well, backing up a QB. Supposedly, colleges just don't have to report injuries, but Martinez has had an injured ankle, and that's why he didn't run against Minnesota. That's why his passing looked so bad this last game. So he's crippled. So he can't really run or throw, and there isn't really one QB on the roster to play one game. That's 100% on Frost. The brutal reality is there really isn't an easy answer. I would be surprised if Alberts isn't reaching out to potential replacements to gauge their interest and availability. He made the tough call to eliminate UNO's football program, so I have no doubt that he'll make the tough call and fire Frost if that's what he feels is the best move. Chris signing out. That was something. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot in there. I mean, they were both very similar in in the say in the fact that essentially breaking down what they said was, I don't think we should get rid of Frost yet, but. Obviously, coaches got to go. That's going to be a common theme in this, in well, pretty much this entire conversation. And that's, I think, that's because it's the, it's the writing on the wall. Well, it's everything that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, did I, my biggest thing? The he he nails it on the head for me with his first sentence when he said, "I really haven't seen that much improvement in the program over four years." That's a big one. You can look at Adrian Martinez as the perfect example of what the program has done in four years. Yep. He's incrementally just tiny bit better than he was four years ago. 
but he took a giant dip in the interim to get back to where he is for it to feel like he's actually had a lot of growth over the last two years. And, and of course, you know, you say, and Chris said it also, there isn't much improvement over the last four years. You could, uh, the, somebody could obviously say, well, of course, look at the record. Well, and I'm thinking you and probably Chris is looking at it the same way I'm about to say this. It's like, it's not just about the record. Just look no. at the development of the players. Yeah. There are not guys getting better, at, at least as a whole. Uh, they, they, there's countless people that are regressing. Um, there's look Martinez at, did for two years, but look at how many people are leaving the program and succeeding other places, not just in the NFL with the offensive linemen that leave and are now starting in the NFL, but also you got guys like Bo Wilson, who, uh, is playing really well at, uh, Western Kentucky. Um, we've got another offensive lineman that I'm brain farting on his name. Uh, AJ Forbes. Uh, is at, I believe, Montana, who is starting and playing very well on the offensive line. You know, obviously, Wandell Robinson is doing I was say, how's doing. Wandell doing? He's doing very well. <laughs> but uh, but all, yeah, to be fair about that, he was also doing really well here. So that's... He was. Know, but, um, but the reasons for him I'm just talking leaving. about people leaving and succeeding. They're doing better, not just succeeding. They're doing better than what they were doing here. And I know getting close to home for him was part of why he left. Yes. But that wasn't the whole thing. No. And it's odd to me. It's odd. It's it's a strange thing to hear. Ah, I think Kentucky has a brighter future than Nebraska mm-hmm. for football. Yep. Kentucky, the, the great football school that they the, are. The football powerhouse that where they care so much <laughs> about football at, at the University of Kentucky. Yes. yes. The Wildcats. But I, I will say some of the other things that he said in there, and I'm not trying to pick him apart or anything else like that. You know, he, he did bring up. Levi Falk and uh, Wyatt Lever starting over some of these wide receivers. To be fair, that was at the beginning part of the season, at least well, True. F- at least for Wyatt Lever. But that was also because of some injuries that were going on at the time. You, we notice as these guys, like people like Oliver Martin and stuff, are coming back, Wyatt Lever is barely seeing the field. Wyatt so, Lever, no, but Falk is still getting a boatload no, of targets. Falk, yes, but Falk, I mean, they're really good. He so does it's catch like, the ball. Yes. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not hating on him for that. No. But I I think it's pretty obvious when you just look at the even just the body type. There's a difference between Xavier Betts and Falk. Yes, and he asked uh, how many false start penalties does the offense line have to get before <laughs> or something. Well, I just I, as they, we were listening to that, I counted it up because I had it all written down. There's been 27 offensive penalties. 15 of them have been false starts. Jesus. So more than how half. many of them have been in the first. Offensive play of the game. A lot. I don't it's, have. It's been at least three. That, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know. You, you I'll, I will say, kind of off off the topic, when I was looking through the list of the penalties game by game, we only we've only had three holding penalties all year, and the last one was in the Buffalo. Well, that's because we let everybody get, I to get the joke. <laughs> Trust Come me. on, man. Trust me. I'm not even joking. No, no. Well, partially, but. Uh, okay, so what you're I'm trying saying, to say is they get beat a lot, but at least they're not trying to cheat. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Well, no, that. the other thing I'm kind of also saying is that there's a lot of people that, a lot of Nebraska fans that want to say uh, that the opposition that Nebraska plays never gets called for holding against us, that they always hold our defensive line and that never gets called. Well, yeah. we've gone what now? Like I said, the last one was in the Buffalo game. So what, five straight games and all of them have been conference games except for the Illinois game and not one holding call? True. So maybe it goes both ways, and maybe it's not necessarily just the one thing. Maybe the refs just felt bad for us. Sure. <laughs> and the other thing that he talked about, Chris talked about, is the uh, mentor thing. I'm kind of going to disagree with that, too, just because th- there 
Scott Frost has a mentor. Um, now, granted, I believe that he should branch out and not just talk to the one guy, but he's got a guy named Tom Osborne that he can talk to. I was going to say, so though, he's man, got a mentor. We were talking about this a little bit this weekend about how, you know, is T.O. really still T.O.? Is yes. he still? Are his faculties all still there? Yes. I don't know. I don't know if they are or not, man. I can't remember the last time I heard him talk and it didn't sound scripted. Well, I mean, when you're doing political commercials, that those are going to be scripted, so... I don't know. Is what it is. But as far as what he said about Matt Davison, yes, thank oh, you very well, much. I, I, I almost the, paused it just to let you <laughs> praise him right there because I knew you were going to love that shit. Oh, my God. That guy. That hypocritical bastard, yes. Yeah. Uh, Jed loves Matt Davison. No, nope, I don't because I am forced to listen to the game way too often, the games, and it is garbage broadcasting. Yep. It's even worse now that they're on their own. Oh yeah. Well, no. You. I, that's the production. I'm just talking about the broadcast themselves, as far as them yeah. announcing the games. The production actually it has gotten better since the beginning of the season. The production value of it, but uh, no. Just At least the, Davison seems a little more sober this year. Last know. year there were a couple I, games that I had to listen you, to. You while heard I was the driving, words that come out of his mouth. And I was like, oh man, the, this wor- dude the really words that come out of his mouth make him sound stupid. <laughs> I said sober, not smart. I know exactly <laughs> what you said. <laughs> Oh, shit. And yes, I understand. People that are listening to me say that. The words that come out of my mouth make me sound stupid, too, so there goes your joke. Fair fair and fair. (laughs) Turnabout's fair play, you know. I can take it. All that jazz. Um, We had several people that sent in just, you know, the the digital commentary. They didn't didn't actually record something for us. So it's kind of tough to run through all that stuff and obviously read it all out. Yeah. Was there any major points, anything else that stood out, anybody you wanted to shout out? Um... No, I mean, they kind of were a lot of the same concept as far as, uh, you know, what's the opinion of the current state of Nebraska football? It was, you know, we got Nebraska has players that can win. The offense and special teams are underachieving. The defense is pretty good. Um, my buddy Mike down in Florida for the some special teams is underachieving. That's putting yeah, it lightly for a middle school team. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Mike down in Florida, he's he's been a longtime uh, Nebraska fan and uh he lives down in the Miami area now. For some silly reason, he he's still blaming Steve Peterson for all of this. I mean, hey, hey, that that's a man after my own heart. But at the same at time, s- at uh, some point, the domi- the last domino has to fall. Yeah, man. come on, been, let that one go. That's been a long time ago. But uh, uh, I'm I'm not gonna say he's wrong in that because I I will blame Steve Peterson for you know bad soup in the morning. I don't really care. But we had a lot of good stuff happen after <laughs> Steve Peterson. So you like, can't wait. Like what? Like Dominican Sue coming here and almost winning a Heisman as a defensive player. Well, did he come here after Peterson left, or was he still here when he, Peterson was here? I thought Peterson was already gone. Maybe he was. Yeah, I think so. Sue would have got here in, in 07. Yeah. I think he came in for Polini's first year, so yeah, he would have been gone. Okay. okay. I was just checking. <laughs> <laughs> or no, because he you, was here under Callahan. He hey, almost left. You re- you remember way more of that stuff than I no, do. No, I'm I'm pretty sure now that I'm saying that he was here under Callahan and he almost left. I think it was, and a, Pelini I think it was had, Callahan's last year. Polini had to come get him, so Peterson was here. So there. Well, yeah, but then Polini <laughs> took him over <laughs> and he made him better. I know. I'm he was no longer a soccer player. Um, and let's see. I had. Our buddy Fig Newton chimed in. That was the stuff about the yes. Uh, I was going to ask teams. you if Fig Newton got yeah. into it. He About the special teams under Old Ted Nugent. Uh, one of my relatives out in Colorado, he responded and he talked about uh, 
that we are in the state of mediocrity. He also brought up Steve Peterson. He said, I will always blame Steve Peterson rather than Solich. <laughs> or no, that, I'm sorry. I'm reading the wrong one. That was my buddy Mike. Never mind. Uh, where, no, damn it, where is Brady's? And then, of course, I just clicked the uh, X button on his email. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention about uh, our boy Chris Wicks, he called Shenander Chandelier. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I'm like, hilarious. okay. <laughs> Uh, oh man, I was dying. My cousin Brady, he uh, he talked about how disappointed he is looking back four years we, when we started with Frost. He thought by now we'd be perennial conference contenders at the very least, considering what he was able to do at Central Florida. But especially with as bad as at least our division has been, yeah, there's no reason we shouldn't have had opportunities. No. Um. You know, be having the fifth straight, we're facing the fifth straight year without a winning record or a bowl game is completely unacceptable at Nebraska. Especially uh, and, when we lost a, what was it, 29 years straight bowl streak? Yeah, but that was a long time ago when we lost that. It was Riley. It was, with, it was the last year of Riley. No, it was under Callahan. Don't think so. Well, we'll have to look that up. We had a losing season his last year, so. Yeah, but I don't think, I think we still went to a bowl. No, well, no, that losing season one was with Riley, that five and seven one. Gotcha. Yeah. Either way, it is what it is. I mean, my my take on it with simply those two questions. I mean, a lot of it's right in line with everything that they're going to say. I think the only real point that I had to make when looking at it, literally just being a sit down with Frost and say, "Look, man, you have to make these decisions. These decisions are yours to make. If you don't make the right ones, your head's on the chopping block too." And, you know, you made the comment that it seems like every every moment that passes right now, the blade's getting sharper, the guillotine's getting jacked up higher. The whole thing is, is ready to come down. You said that there was opportunity for some of that to happen this past off season, and they decided to run it back. I don't understand that. That's frustrating to me to hear. Yep. Um, and, and and who knows who knows what that is, but I know you have people that know the inside of the program, and they talk about that stuff, so you, you've got some info. It's not like you're just pulling that out of thin air. No. Um, at the same time, I mean, I, I look at it and I, I, I think to myself, look, here's the opportunity for you to look somewhere else, a very successful program, and see what assistance can do for the program. Look at Dabo Sweeney and Clemson football right now. They have been a perennial top one, two, three rated team for the last you know decade, basically. He got there in 08. Mm-hmm. And he first had a few, very first few years were rough, though. He almost got fired. First few years were rough, but in, in since 08, he only has 40 total losses on his books. Mm-hmm. How many does Frost have right now? Well, he's t- 15 and 25. Yeah, <laughs> so. so I mean, he's he's creeping up in that 40 number way faster. Um, but I mean, competing at least to get into the playoff every year that's been Clemson's MO. Last year, they they lost a big chunk of their staff, mm-hmm. and guess what happened? Boom, they're falling out. Of, they were they were underdogs to pit. Well, but uh, they're out of the top. If you're 25. talking about losing a good chunk of your staff, Alabama does that every year, and look what they continue to. Yeah, do. but Alabama also brings in former head coaches that are I'm like just saying as far from as the NFL. staff turnover. That's Alabama's a different. different I'm not going to put at. staff turnover on Clemson this year. Okay, I am. I'm not. I am 100 percent because I think that those dudes saw the writing on the wall. They were already on their way out. They had their opportunities lined up. And they didn't prepare that program to continue after they left. I disagree. 
because they still had this, they still had the, no. I, I was going to. <laughs> they still had the talented recruiting classes. So they did. Yeah. They were continuing to recruit at a high level that Clemson does. They did have that stick. And if they were not going to continue to do their job and set up that program for what it should be, then Dabo would was not doing his job. Oh, I'm and, not letting Dabo off the hook. No, because he also hired poorly for this season. No, they just weren't set up enough for all of the talent that they lost. Yes, they have great talent and they've got great recruiting classes, but. When you lose the players that you do, the generational type players that they do, like a Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, a bunch of receivers, offensive linemen, that it's you're going to. And the thing is, you're going to regress. And yes, they're not playing very good this year, but it's not like they're garbage. Now, uh, granted, they're, they're not all, a top twenty-five team right now. I understand that, and their offense is really, really bad right now. But they're just more. I, I put it more as they're in a transition phase now. If this is the same thing, same Clemson this year as there is in two to three years from now, then yes, that will be a different conversation. But right now, I'm not putting that on the coaching changes. I'm also going back here, just looking at recruiting rankings, going back. I'm all the way back to 2015 now. I'm actually not – I'm I'm going to come back and I'm going to disagree even more vehemently that it's not – has has to do with their their assistance because they're not a perennial top five recruiting But they've been class. changing assistance for the last four or five years. They're 9, 10, 11. They've they been were pretty, cha- their continuity was pretty solid. It, but their the offensive last. coordinator had been changed multiple times. The biggest continuity that they have is their defensive coordinator, Venables. Yeah. He's been there forever. But they, they've had a they couple had of different offensive coordinators for like four or five years. No, they did not because they had one guy that went to South Florida a couple of years ago. Hmm. Well, we're going to have to do some more digging on that. I just think I think that's a perfect example for me this year. It's a it's a way for me to at least look at it and say, hey, he didn't hire very well on his coordinators. They're not coaching these kids up like he has been able to in the past, regardless of whether or not it was a guy that was there for a while, regardless of whether or not he made two or three good hires in a row and got to one that wasn't. Great. I just think DJ isn't as good as what they thought he was going to be. Well, there's that for sure. I, I don't put this on. I think it's just too early yeah, put to put it on, it on one kid though. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's all on DJ. Well, and the, and the program success that, wasn't all on one person prior to this. I understand that. I'm not putting it all on DJ. I'm just simply saying I'm not going to say that the coaching staff is not doing their part right now because they're still in transition of getting bringing in those new coaches, which, you know, I guess this turned into a Clemson podcast, Well, so we'll keep talking about them. But, <laughs> but, but that's also going to be the fear of what a lot of people are going to say is bringing in new coaches. How long is it going to take to transition for Nebraska if you bring in all new coaches? As far as so, if it's coaches. not assistant coaches, I didn't say it's not. If, if it's if relax, it's, not, it's not. It's not all this or players. all that. Okay, but so what? stop. The question was, what do we do to fix it? Yeah, just flush every fucking person. I didn't out say and that. Go you hire said that last Alabama. time. You said that last time. I said flush the entire offensive side of the ball because it should be. They're all bad. I, I don't know if they should get rid of everybody, but they're well, probably... Tell me, what do you think? I I mean, I think that they should get rid of a lot of people. Yes. I'm not against that at all. Like uh, who? Now, give, me, granted, give me names. Granted, I would say get rid of the head guy, but again, he's not going anywhere. So that's... If you want me to directly answer the question of what, we, what do we do to fix it, and again... Pretty much the consensus of the uh, responses that we got back from people was get rid of a bunch of coaches. Yeah, uh, a couple of them said uh, get rid of Adrian Martinez. Don't let him come back for his fifth year. Um, so, like we said, it's kind of a consensus of uh, what is wrong with the program and what is what it needs to happen to be fi- to fix everything. 
Um, obviously, in do you my- think Adrian's a real problem for the I, program? I do not. Because I'm don't. I'm of the same mind that there's nobody behind him that we can replace him with right now and be any sort of effective. No. He's the best player on the team. He's he's the he's the absolute leader of the team, both offense and defense. He, uh, whether you like it or not, and I'm not just saying you in a general sense, um, he is the guy that the team looks at to carry them, basically. And that's also one of the probably one of the reasons why he put so much pressure on himself to play in that Minnesota game, no matter how hurt he was. Because he had made, you think that was more him than the coaches? Well, it sounded like he uh, did everything he can to convince the coaching staff that he was good enough to go. Now, granted, the coaching staff needs to be able to not just listen to the player; they need to do their own due diligence. And I'm not saying that they didn't, but uh, they also have to protect him from himself. Yeah, because of course the competitor is going to want to go out there no matter how he feels, but. Uh, it sounds like he had to do a lot of convincing to make sure that he could play on up at Minnesota. What do you, Mike? My, my next question then on this is, what do you do when your best player is also the person who's making the most game-changing mistakes in the biggest moments? Well, I mean, do you point to that player simply just not being good enough, or do you point to that being a coaching issue? Obviously, it's a little of both, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I would pro- I in my personal opinion, I put it more towards the coaches because they're not putting all of the players in the best position to win. Because you know, how many times do we not see bets out on the field towards the end of games? Yeah, you know, you're putting all of the players in position for everybody to be successful. If you don't have your biggest weapons out on the field, how well can that best player, the court, speaking as Adrian Martinez? Yeah. really have a chance to succeed. So if you if you can be able to put everything together and get your best players out there, then and if you're not doing that, then that's on the coaches. My second question on the Adrian Martinez and being better, we've obviously seen our coaching changes pretty drastically affect, or not the coaching changes, but the play calling changes, pretty dramatically affect the way that he's played in certain points throughout this year. Whereas comparing that to the previous three years where it was pretty, we were pretty stubborn in the way that we were calling our plays. We were, you know, we were, we were stuck in this screen game, yep. constantly doing that. We've seen a lot of that, the, the griping that we did in the off season, a lot of that's come to fruition this year and it's definitely helped his play. How much of the first three years going through banging his head against the same system that was fucking him up is affecting some of that now. Who's he? You mean Adrian? Martinez. Or? Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I, the way you were because, talking about yes, coaching, I thought you were, were talking, talking about, about him being in the same yeah, yeah. offensive system for four years, but it's also changed dramatically since the previous three years. I don't. This year, this year from last, the, the previous three years, I mean. I don't know that that. I think it's more about changing the players that are around him more than him himself because. You've seen the body types change as the years have progressed. Big time. Uh, specifically wide receiver. You you had, obviously you had Stanley Morgan his first year, who's a bigger wide receiver, but all the other guys were kind of small. And then all of a sudden we had a bunch of these small guys, like Tyjon Lindsey, J.D. Spielman was smaller, um, Wandale Robinson is smaller. You had all these smaller wide receivers, and then we started recruiting these taller wide receivers that were really young. 
a good chunk of them ended up leaving for one reason or another. Um, and some of that was good and some of that was bad. Uh, and now we have all these giant wide receivers. Uh, same thing with the offensive linemen. They've gradually been getting taller and bigger the in, all four years. So I think it's also about adjusting to the players that are around him and the talent level that they have as well. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. When I'm looking at – that's that's the other thing that comes back to me, and I look at – you know, you mentioned, oh, look at the body type changes, things like that. Look at just the personnel changes that haven't been necessary. It wasn't because they aged out. It wasn't because of injury. We have had a, a revolving door at running back mm-hmm. mid-season, sometimes multiple times in the middle of a season. Yep. Ever since that that staff got here, boom. Ryan Held, get the fuck out. Bye. He's a great Whoever rec- else. He's a great recruiter. Fantastic. I'm just saying. I don't give a shit because you know what? Half those re- running backs that he's recruited to come here, especially the transfers, have left in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Greg Bell, what's he doing now? Running really well for San Diego State. <laughs> Why? Why isn't he running real well for Nebraska? <laughs> I don't know. That's. I don't care if you can get him here if you can't keep him here. My, that's, my that's big that's thing the with the running backs the is we always start a season w- – that with these clear-cut running backs. One, two, three guys sometimes and, deep, and, and we know, and then and it's how many of them two yeah, games in. Exactly. We have sometimes four or five games in. And so is like, that a lack of being able to identify the talent that you have? Is it a lack of being able to coach up the talent that you have? Or are you coaching up the shitty ones so well that the really good ones just decide they want to leave? Uh, you want me to give you the coach answer? <laughs> and I don't mean to call anybody shitty because no, no, no. they're obviously all Division One athletes. They're not shitty. I get, I get it. You want me to give you the coach answer to that question? They weren't consistent enough practice. They need to perform better. Yeah, practice. come on, get the fuck the, out of here. <laughs> I mean, is that not what he no, says? I know that's what he says. I know that's what he says. I'm giving you the coach answer. Next on my list, <laughs> wide receiver room. How many wide receivers have we lost that were five and four star talents that have come in here and gone? A lot since Frost started. Some of them have been a good thing. Some of them been a good thing, but w- I'm just why? Saying. Give me, give me one that's been a good reason, good thing that they left. That was a, that was a top talent for us. Well, some of them were legal issues. Okay, well that's a running back anyway. No, but the wide receivers that had their problem. I don't recall this. The one. wide receiver, the Hunt and Katerian Legrand. Okay, those guys, whatever. Yeah. They never even hardly saw the field. Well, I'm talking about actually. JD actually, Spielman. Hunt was one of our best wide receivers, <clears throat> but I'm talking about losing J.D. Spielman. Yeah, losing somebody like that. Losing, we lost a couple of top tier recruits that were holdovers from the Riley era. Wandale Robinson. Wandale Robinson was another example, which I can blame on the running backs room and the wide receiver room. But it's a similar thing, and you know, we, you hear these stories about the tight ends that wanted to become wide receivers because they're a little on the skinny side, and then they end up getting the wide receiver room, and they're like, "Yeah, I want to get the fuck out of here. This shit, this yes. sucks." And, and they put go me back, back out. at tight yeah. end. Okay, so maybe, maybe to me that speaks a little bit to what. Beckton's doing. And without naming names on that, I think you can figure it out. Yeah, especially when I say too skinny to play tight end. (laughs) And a couple of my personal relationships might know him personally. Um, And I don't mean you're too skinny to play tight end. I just mean you need to eat a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, But so my point that I'm getting at, Matt Lubick, gone. Bye. See you. Get the fuck out. Bye. There's no reason. Yes, we have some talent on the on the team right now. Yes, I think he's coaching them up well. But why the fuck can we still not figure out Omar Manning? Why? Uh, 
know. You went and attracted in Samari Toure, and he was awesome for us the first two games. And yes, he's been a decoy, and yes, he's been getting doubled a shit ton. But now all of a sudden, we can't find him for more than once, maybe twice a game. Yeah, that's that's it's wrong. It's fucking wrong. Period. Done by Sia. Well, and every every level of football, the best wide receiver on the field is going to get doubled a lot. They still get their catches. They still get their touchdowns. And we're two-thirds of the way through the season. Well, okay, now start adjusting to what the defense is doing. This is, is no longer a small sample size. Yes. This is no longer a small sample size. I, I get it that, yes, your best wide receiver is going to get doubled. So adjust to what your the defenses are going to do against you. Yeah. Add some new wrinkles to something. It shouldn't be that hard. When I brought up Becton already, talking about the tight ends, I said, hey, he already went out last year, got two two of the top number one and number two tight end recruit in the country. Yes, they happen to be local kids. Well, one in Council Bluffs and one down yeah, south. Yeah, whatever. Um, regardless, that's awesome. That's great pulling them in, and we're seeing improvement. I that's one that's one position group I can one hundred percent tell you has improved in four years. And he's got a guy that's going to be in the NFL next year. Yeah, done and done. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So not the entire offensive side of the ball. I was wrong about that. Becton, stick around. Um, I'm not even going to... Greg Austin, I don't want to say your name again. <laughs> like, he shouldn't make it to the end of the season, in my opinion. Bye. Yeah. He he will, but... That offensive line is terrible. Yeah. They have the size. They have the athleticism. They have the recruits. Mm-hmm. They, there's no reason for it. There, there, there are people in state making pizzas that can do way better than him. <laughs> might that be i'm not saying any names <laughs> i'm not throwing anybody out there i'm just simply saying there might be people that, that are making pizzas at fucking pizza hut coach better than Greg Austin. <laughs> that's not my point but my point is he should be fucking gone i don't want to talk about him anymore outside of that man i don't know you're anybody? not going to give him credit for making cam jerkins a center i'm not going to give him a lick of fucking credit <laughs> They gave Cam Jurgens more than enough rope to hang himself a thousand times. I think did. that's the first time you've ever said Cam Jurgens without saying yeah. not a center. Hey, Jurgens. he's played really well the last yes, four or five. Yes, and you has. know what? Finally, he got enough reps in practice and enough reps on the field that he's playing like a real center. He's playing really, really well. He's also still responsible for, I think, all but one of our personal fouls on offense for the whole season. I'll go back and look at that another time. So really well is a stretch, but he's no, playing. He's, he's playing, playing very well. well. He blocks like a son of a bitch. He's playing very but, well. He, I think, he, I think I saw a stat that he's only given up one sack in the last like year and a half. Basically, they said how many snaps, and it's a lot. But yeah, how many fumbles has he given up? Cam Jurgens. Well, oh, you mean with the snaps? <laughs> well, but this year with one. Bad snaps. This year one. I get it. I know that I, that's one too many. But compared and to I, and I've previous, the, I crushed the kid early in the season. I haven't talked about him much. Like I said, I appreciate him. He's good. I don't have much else to say because fuck Greg Austin. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of unfortunately, you know, we talk about the whole coaching staff and what needs to change and stuff like that. And everything, you know, all the ones that we got back, it's all about changing the offensive coaches, changing the offensive coaches, changing the offensive coaches. And I understand because our defense is playing really well. But at the same time, there you know, there are things that you can dig into the defense that you kind of go, well, can we get a little bit better in this? Now, whether or not it's coaching or whether or not it's talent, that might be in the eye of the beholder. I think on but, the defensive side of the ball, 
We've held on to kids that are playmakers. We have not moved in the body style that we need for the defense that we're trying to play. My big thing with the defense is, is as much as I love Tuioti, but it's also about the linebackers as well. We still don't get to the quarterback. We don't ever get to the quarterback, and we we're really struggle to stop the run most of the time. Yeah, we're we're not getting the intercept. But I think that's a body style. Thing. We're not getting the turnovers that we, you know, and I know turnovers can be sketchy. You can't necessarily uh, count on turnovers unless you're kind of Iowa. But um, that you know, served him real well the last two weeks. Well, last week against Purdue, but <laughs> that was one game. Um, but. You know, it's there. There's a there's still also a lot of things on defense that need to improve too. No matter, I, I understand. Again, I understand we're playing really well on defense, but I almost kind of think that it's a uh, comparing how badly the offense is doing to how well the defense is doing. It's propping up the defense to make it seem like they're actually playing a lot better than what they are. No, but statistically, our defense is playing absolutely pretty decent. I, again, playing I'm not trying to take ball. it away from them. They're playing top twenty five ball. There is still improvement that needs to be made with that defense. Improved. There is still lots of improvement that needs to be made, I agree made with, with that defense. But as you know, I but I agree with you mostly on the offensive side. Obviously, Austin's got to go. Uh, Becton should stay. One guy again that we continue to never bring up every time we're talking about coaching is uh, Mario Verduzco, the quarterbacks coach. It's because I forget about him, dude. <laughs> He's stuck in the bathroom plumbing away. I don't care. That guy should have been gone three years ago. As soon as Adrian took that giant dive in the toilet, he should have been gone. Uh, I'm, you know, he's I'm, only here because he's credited with building uh, uh, Marcus Mariota. I don't really understand. I mean, I know. So we've talked about how Adrian or Scott Frost either should be the offense coordinator, or shouldn't be one of the two, whichever he wants to do. I know he's going to call plays. So it's it's kind of one of those I've given up on saying he shouldn't call plays and he shouldn't be the offensive coordinator cuz I know he's going to hire be. a co-head coach. I know coach. he's going to be. It doesn't really matter. That's fine. Hire a co-head coach. Well, he's not going to do that either. That doesn't make sense. That's another thing. Just saying. I would when I was looking up Dabo Sweetie's coaching, like he has a co- an assistant head coach. Okay. Most of them do. Yeah. Most of the good programs have assistant head coaches. You know why? So that there's not excuses at the podium after the game, like, well, I just I I didn't know what was going on because I was over talking to the offense. I, I I will be so yes, Austin should be gone, Verduzco should be gone. I kind of think that what should happen with Ver, the quarterbacks coach situation is that Scott Frost should be the quarterbacks coach. Um, that way it'll open up a free spot, especially with more much more of the option that he's trying to run with his offense. But but this way also it opens up a free coaching spot because you can only have ten. Yeah. For that special teams coordinator, unless you, when unless the new offensive coordinator that you bring in, assuming you get rid of Lubick, which I don't think that he is going to, then the offensive coordinator should be the quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Not the wide receivers coach, but whatever. I mean, hell, Frost can coach the wide receivers too. He did that in uh, some of his stops previous as well. So, But as far as on the defensive side, I do kind of think that uh, the linebacker situation should be looked at a little bit because we have two linebacker coaches for some reason, but that's just to bring back his buddy Dawson, who's also the special teams guy. Um, yeah. So I don't know if Dawson will try to get pushed back towards the NFL to try to get back into that or not. But uh, other than that, I... I you know yeah you know how much I love Fisher, but I don't know if he'll he's gonna stay. Um, I think that might be his choice. Um, I that's what I, I that's my biggest thing on the defensive side of the ball. And is I how hope many to God Tuioti stay. stays. Yeah, 
Yeah, I. It's frustrating. I so I'll ask you again the question that I asked you when I first walked in here before we started recording. Is there anything in these last four games that Nebraska can do that might change your mind on anything? Not necessarily. I'm not trying to say say will it change your mind as a whole because I don't think that that's possible. Um, but is there anything that can happen in these next four games that might change certain aspects of how you feel? I think that the only thing that would change in my mind would be to further feel a strong way towards Frost being let go. And I think that the only way that that could happen is if I visually see during a game that he has lost this team. And I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. I think the leadership, just student-wise, I think player-wise, I think the leadership is strong enough on this team for that to not happen. But that would be about the only thing I think that could make my, that could sway my decision so strongly into, yes, I'm behind firing Frost. Because right now I, I truly feel like he just needs to kind of get a smack in the mouth and say, stop being a fucking idiot. Stop being so stubborn. Stop being stubborn. Fix the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's multiple people have sent me stuff about he's probably just a stubborn Nebraska guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, most of those guys go out and marry wives that know how to smack him in the mouth and tell him when to shut the fuck and up. And by the way, I'm going to speak for myself. When I say he's a stubborn Nebraska guy, I'm not saying that necessarily as a negative. No, I'm the same. I'm, I'm just the exact same way. I guilty. <laughs> like I mean, you know, I, I'm. This is not a criticism. I mean, and a lot of people can hear that and think, "Oh, you're just crushing him." No. That's not a criticism. No. Because also, being in the position that he is, you have to be stubborn. And you have to be very determined in what you're, what, and, and uh, strong in your convictions. Because otherwise, he wouldn't be in the position that he is. He's got to believe in himself. Exactly. So, the, the, this. But you also have to be willing to accept when. You also you have, have to, to listen. Be to, willing to accept defeat and change. Yes. You have to know. Well, Jesus, I almost started singing like Kenny Rogers. You got no one to hold him and know it. Jeez. <laughs> As soon as I went, no, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but uh, for me, as far as that question, uh, I'll be completely honest. There is nothing that I can see in these next four games that's going to change my mind uh, on what needs to happen at the end of the year. On, people, on keeping people? Absolutely not. No. They could they could blow out all four teams the rest of this year, no. which will never happen. No. But we could win. We could win out, and I would be like, nope, still don't I th- care. I think the other reason why I feel that way is because uh, spoiler alert for the next show with the Purdue uh, preview and really any other show, I will not be picking Nebraska to win another game. Not even Purdue? Nope. You know, I think it's interesting. After Purdue's big win, the line came out and everything came out for the Purdue-Nebraska game, and Nebraska's still like a seventy-five 75% uh, RPI favorite to win that game. Yeah, It's crazy. Well, they also played like shit last week against Wisconsin. They Fo- did. Following the Iowa game, they did, <laughs> and and they and and we played like shit against Minnesota following a really good performance. So I and who I got, knows who the fuck's going to show up to that game. Well, and that's the thing. I got some. I I got a, a radio friend, Greg, and if people might listen to uh, sixteen twenty. They know Greg and Lincoln, and he's a Purdue grad. And so I sent him a message earlier today asking him for some information on Purdue, and and I told him at the end of our conversation, I said. Uh, by the way, I'm going to be picking Purdue to win. And he goes, well, I'll be picking Nebraska because, and I told him, I said, because I don't trust, I just don't trust Nebraska right now. Sure. And he said, well, then this should be the mirror bowl because I don't trust Purdue. 
So <laughs> it's basically we neither one of us on fan bases on either side know what the fuck team is going to show up for either side. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out soon enough. We will. That's a wrap. Be sure to like our page and join the Big Red Junkies Nation group on Facebook. You can now find us on all the major podcast networks, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon. Thanks for listening, and go Big Red! <laughs>